When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale, and therefore, for the spooky season, and indeed for the whole of season 13, we invite you to listen to a dark mini-sode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to your midweek mini-sode. We made the announcement recently that the minisodes will indeed continue into season 14 and onwards, such as being the feedback by you wonderful listeners. These minisodes are taken from emails or correspondence which I may have received well in the past, and I like to think of them as a small paranormal starter before we have our main course on a Friday. But I've also never been too good with simile or metaphor. These minisodes will be delivered to you guys as they've been delivered to me, so there's no sound effect, for example. And obviously, they're also much shorter true paranormal experiences. But a good paranormal experience is a good paranormal experience irrelevant of length. And with that said, let's jump right in to Andrew's experience. At the time of this story, I was a photojournalist in Dallas, at one of the TV stations. One of my favourite things to do was to shoot video essays of my old buildings. I've always been drawn to classical architecture. In northern Texas, there's not a lot of it. The Baker is an hour and a half west of Fort Worth, in the city of Mineral Wells. While covering news stories out that way, I was always fascinated by the white elephant sitting in this small Texas town. It looms over the city, 14 stories tall, 450 rooms in a slight V-shape, with a 60-foot tower and spooky but beautiful Spanish colonial architecture. The hotel itself was opened in 1929 to take advantage of the natural health craze during that part of the century. Minerals, wells, water, with its small amount of lithium, drew people from around the globe. Many guests would stay for months at a time. All of the A-list movie stars from the 1930s through to the 60s stayed at the Baker. Even Bonnie and Clyde, was said to have had their last steak dinner at the Baker before leaving for their final shootout in Louisiana. Like many old abandoned buildings, there are some tales that surround them, some true, some not, and the Baker is no different. I would encourage people to look up more info for themselves. The Baker closed for good in 1972. After contacting the property manager and asking for permission to do a video essay, 
I went out and was not disappointed. I interviewed former employees that worked there during its heyday, and the video turned out great. My goal was history and architecture, not a ghost story. The ghost story happened three years later. It does seem some old buildings lure people to them. The baker drew me in. I became good friends with the building manager and the locals that gave tours on the weekends. Before I knew it, I was doing tours every Saturday. This lasted for a little over three years, and it was a blast taking people around the hotel. Many locals on the tours had their own stories about the hotel during its prime years. Most had never been inside. It catered to the elite. I have been from the top to the bottom of that hotel, and I never saw or heard a thing. If I did, I would not have come back. There were times I felt there were spirits around me, but they seemed to like me. They knew I was only there to help. And I can't say there were times on some of the floors, the floors that were not used for the tours, that I felt almost like walking through a crowd. But nothing ever really tried to show itself or scare me in any way. It would have been quite easy too. It's impossible to get out of the hotel quickly, especially from the upper floors. The only exits are old hand-crank elevators and the dangerous, cramped fire stairs. During the holiday season and my final few months at the hotel, it was decided that the maintenance man and I would hang Christmas lights on the exterior of the building, from the top to the bottom. And it was quite an undertaking for just two people, but we did it. I ended up on floors I'd never even been on before, securing lights to window frames. It was creepy, but nothing strange happened. I'm sure I muttered more than a few times into thin air that I was just working and I'll soon be gone. The lights went up without a hitch and the hotel looked amazing. For the first time in 30 years, the baker was lit for Christmas. Up to that point, I'd not been at the hotel at night. And it was different at night, to be sure. At that time, the grand lobby was still in a decent shape. With the darkness and the chandeliers lit, all the dust and water damage faded away and you had the feeling at any moment a bell captain would tap you on the shoulder and politely offer to take your bags. I was so proud of these Christmas lights, and I wanted to show them off to a girlfriend that I'd been dating for a few weeks. I didn't know her that well, but I found out so much more about her after a trip to the hotel. So, on a cold December night... Emily and I left for our tour of the baker. I'll confess, I was nervous about being in the hotel at night. But as the man, 
I put those fears aside. As long as I had my flashlight, I would be okay. The hotel looked amazing as it crested the hill driving into town. You could see the lights from miles away. I was excited to show her my hotel. It was going to be a good night. My fellow tour guides had turned on the lobby lights earlier in the evening to make it easier for us to navigate. The breaker boxes were in a room off the lobby. I didn't like that room in particular. I couldn't tell you why, it just felt wrong. Like I was in someone else's space. There we were, the baker lobby at night, and the whole place to ourselves. I showed Emily around the lobby. It's beautiful, heavy Spanish iron chandeliers and the eerie gothic plaster faces looking down from the pillars. She seemed interested if not a little distracted. I could understand, but I was staying strong. I figured if I got nervous, she would get more nervous and things would go sour quickly. After the lobby tour was completed, I ushered her to the original hand-crank elevators, art deco doors and all, and we headed to the top floor for a tour of the cloud room with its windows that overlooked the entire city, and then onto the tower. We stepped in. I moved to my left to operate the crank. As I looked up, I noticed that she was wedged in the corner diagonal to me, literally as far away as she could get. Well, I thought this was strange. She was a good six feet away from me. In hindsight, she looked uncomfortable, but I carried on. I have a tendency to overlook the obvious. I left the doors open so I could see which floors we were passing. Each was marked on the concrete wall as you go by. Floor after floor sped by, and I slowed as we got to the top floor. My friend stayed in the corner and said nothing all the while. All the other floors were marked with numbers in white paint. Oddly, the top floor said Cloud Room in red. Trying to make light of that, I said Red Room. I found out later she believed I said Murder while smiling at her. Emily had also never seen The Shining. She must have thought I was nuts. And there she was, 14 floors up in a dark, abandoned hotel, with someone saying, murder. Fun. We got out of the elevator, and I showed her around the cloud room. Now she was sticking very close to me. I could tell by that point she was freaked out. But I was determined to show her the tower and its 35-foot vertical windows which are accessed from that floor. I didn't know at the time that getting back in the elevator was probably not the best thing to do. But she knew then. I would find out later.
Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After a short look around the cloud room, we headed behind the elevators to a dark hallway that led to the tower access. I thought the tower would be romantic. I'm really not great on reading situations, eh? The air was tense at this point, but I had not had anything happen that would turn me back. Honestly, if I thought something was up, I would have been straight out of there. I just thought she was nervous about being in a spooky building, and who wouldn't be? But a man carries on, right? And with my trusty flashlight lighting the way, we made the turn for the hallway to the tower, and she was behind me. Around that point, I was catching on that something was definitely up. About halfway down the hallway, she literally jumped on my back. 
damn near knocking me over. It scared the shit out of me. I screamed, what the hell's wrong? And she only said that she heard something behind us. Being only steps away from the stairs to the tower, I carried on. I tried to ignore the spooky vibes. I wanted to get to the top and show her the 30-foot high windows that overlook the city. And I must admit, I wanted to see them too, especially at night. But the tower is super creepy, even during the day. So you can only imagine what it's like at night. The lower portion of the tower houses the old-fashioned original motors for the elevator and a spooky water tank. In the middle, a spiral metal staircase leads up to the top of the tower. Well, we didn't quite make it all the way up. Emily stopped about halfway, only steps away from our destination. But I could tell she was ready to get the fuck out. There was nothing romantic about any of this. I didn't press on moving forward either, and we made our way back to the elevator. Again, she pressed herself diagonally in the corner of the elevator. It seemed even stranger this time around, since she was stuck to me during the entire time on the top floor. We made it back to the lobby, no problem. And it was a relief to be away from the darkness of the upper floors and to have an exit in sight. Back in the light of the lobby, I could tell she was ready to get out of there. Both of us laughed a little, but it was uncomfortable. She wanted to step outside, so we sat on the front steps, both relieved to be in the fresh air. I asked her if she was okay. And this is what Emily told me. What she saw and what she heard. When we first went into the elevator, she saw three people standing in the middle of the elevator. Two women and a man dressed in clothes from the 30s or 40s. They seemed as real as you or I. That's why she was pressed into a corner. She told me they were the caretakers of the hotel and that they knew me and were curious about why I was at the hotel so late at night. She said they weren't there to be harmful, but from her perspective, they were terrifying. With all this said we can assume that this girl was a serious empath. Like I said earlier, I don't know her that well. Wow, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But it fit with what I saw in her actions. She told me when we were in the hallway to the tower, and she jumped on my back, she heard a sound like feet dragging along the concrete floor like someone was floating in the air with just the toes of their shoes touching the floor. Creepy, right? She said that the caretakers followed us the entire time, back onto the elevator and down to the lobby. 
As we sat outside in the cold air with the lobby in sight, I asked if they were still there. She looked over her shoulder and said they were gone. I have to say, I wasn't sure if I believed her. It's hard to go from reality to crazy town that fast. There are some things I think I just don't want to know. We both had calmed down a bit by then, and it seemed like the lobby at least was safe. So I asked if she'd like to see the mezzanine level, which overlooked the lobby. It's one of my favourite places in the hotel. We would be okay, our exit was in sight. We walked back inside and headed up one of the grand staircases. I knew this would be the last stop on our tour. I found myself looking in every corner for anything strange, and it did feel weird, like we were not supposed to have come back in, like time had run out. We stood at the balcony, taking in the beautiful architecture of this huge room. The main entry door is in front of us across the lobby. All of the doors along this area are tall wooden French doors. So where they meet, there's maybe a 10-inch area where the wood meets and, of course, you can't see through. I looked down over to the door that we came in through earlier in the night. It's the only exit. Right in front of me, 40 feet away, is a person standing outside motionless in between the two doors. The light from the lobby showed only his shoulders and arms through the windows. He was wearing an old-fashioned tan trench coat. I couldn't see a face. It was covered by the wood going up the middle of the doors. But the fact that I couldn't see his face creeped me out even more. And that's when my hair started to stand up. I was not only scared, but also a little pissed that whatever it was was standing in our exit. At this point, Emily had seen it too. I was thinking, this cannot be happening. There was only one thing to do. There was only one way out, and the thing in the door was most likely a real person, right? Knowing it was our only exit, I knew we were going to use it. I wasn't being brave. I honestly felt we were being harassed at this point. I walked quickly down the stairs and across the lobby, but the man didn't move. I've never been so out of my head scared. It was surreal. That thing was so close and I'm heading toward it. As I walked across the lobby, I'd convinced myself that it had to be another tour guide trying to scare us. It had to be. I reached the door, looked away from the man standing only a couple of feet away. I grabbed the handle and I swung the door open, banging it against the wall. And no one was there. I stepped outside and scanned the large front patio. Nothing. There was nowhere to hide. 
This can't be happening. I turned to look at the spot the man was standing, and I started to feel dizzy, sitting down where I stood. Emily had run out of the door at this point. I asked her what she'd saw. She says she watched him just blink away as I opened the door. A good time to leave all round, don't you think? It seems we'd overstayed our welcome. All light in the Baker Hotel stayed on that night. I struggled to my feet. I locked the door and we walked down the crumbling front steps. My hair was stood on end all the way back to Fort Worth. We stopped dating soon after our little tour to Mineral Wells. I don't think the ghosts had much to do with that. It was probably the Red Rum comment. But you never know. Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your experience for this week's mini-sode. I'll speak to everyone again on Friday for Episode 7 of The Dark Paranormal Season 13. Until then, stay safe and take care. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.